you so much for listening to our podcast today at Word of Life. We know summer is busy with traveling and all things fun, but we have good news for you. You can stay in church even while on vacation through our online campus. You can watch live on Sundays at 10 and 11.30 and get fed throughout the week with inspiring articles, message series, and so much more at thelifeonline.cc. Thank you for listening and enjoy the message. Uh, You know, on all these days and, and celebrations and holidays, it's interesting to me on what to preach for. Father's Day especially, uh, my father went home to be with the Lord when I was 17. Uh, so obviously being a father and then also missing a father, um, and when I say missing, I don't mean like absent, I mean just like, you know, in my heart, uh, missing. Um, you know, it, it's interesting how those things play out. And so I, I thought about many things that I could share, and I thought about many things I could say uh, to bring comfort and, and celebration and life uh, to both of these major events that we're celebrating today. Uh, but I just really felt impressed by the Spirit of God to just major on a verse and to allow the Holy Spirit to do, do what I pray He does every time you come to one of our campuses. Uh, and that is to just talk to you even while you hear me speak. Uh, the highlight, honestly, uh, for me, when you come to Word of Life, regardless of what campus you come to, uh, is when people say, I heard from God there. And genuinely, that's my prayer every time that I, I, I prepare a message, is that while you are hearing me talk, you are hearing the Holy Spirit speak, that my life and our churches are just avenues for the Holy Spirit to speak to you. I had a conversation with uh, a minister uh, when I was at this minister's conference, and he, he said, I pastored for 13 years, but he said, I really felt led to go to this specific Bible school, it was the Bible school I went to. And he said, I went to Bible school for the first time and, you know, I pastored for 13 years, just felt like I could do it better. Went to the Bible school for the first time and he said, the whole time I was there, he said, I just cried. Uh, And he said, because it was like there was another dimension to church that was just on the other side of all the show. That if you could tap into that, you could find the Lord in an intimate way. He's like, I I went past and to the other side and I found the Lord. He said, my life and ministry was changed ever since. And I've been thinking about that story a lot because I I pray like when you you come to one of our campuses um, and when you come to these spaces, um, that yes, you find community and yes, you find like great children's programs And yes, you find um, like um, friends and all of those other things. But I pray you also have moments where it's like the show kind of evaporates. And you see there really is a dimension in church and and, and, and in life where God is very real. And his presence is very real. And I, I sense as if we as a body and we as a church are stepping over into some of these things in a very new way um, and and, and in a very old way all at the same time. And I'm excited about that, but that's what I want. And so anytime like I, I prepare a message, I genuinely want the Spirit's heart for that message. 
And it would be easy for me to just write a narrative based off of events or write a narrative based off of study because I'm a nerd, I read a lot. Uh, So out of that, it wouldn't be a problem for me to teach on anything you wanted me to teach on. I preach now for close to 20 years and I read a lot. So anything you threw out there, whether it was a verse or a story, I could probably write a 30-minute message in about 20 minutes Um, because I have experience and I have a little bit of knowledge. Uh, but uh, it takes time to discover God's heart. And I feel like I have something in God's heart for this moment uh, and for this day. And so without further ado, let's look at it. It's found in the book of Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 12. And we're going to look at verse number one, Hebrews 12, one, and we'll read all the way to verse number three. Paul is writing here and he says, Therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses, that's an interesting term, a witness, surrounding us, let us also lay aside every encumbrance and sin that does so easily entangle us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Now notice that there's a race that is set before you Uh, There is something, a plan, if you will, a path that is set by God for you. His word is a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path. There is a path for you, a set race. Uh, You were not just born. Uh, and I know we're celebrating fathers, and I can remember as a father holding my, my child for the first time, Avery Sims, and just feeling something I had never felt before, a new kind of love and responsibility. I, I can remember that, and just celebrating this baby that was born. Uh, amen. We can celebrate fatherhood again. Yes, it's beautiful and wonderful. Uh, so... Um, you know, I'm, I'm holding this child, and even now, every time I look at my children, and I see these wonders that God has given our family, the Holy Spirit reminds me that they weren't just born, they were sent. God put them here to do something. There's a set race. And here, Paul says that it's not just you who are witnessing that race that your children are running or that you may be running as a husband, father, wife, mother, uh, that we are all surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. Um, And he's talking about heaven there. And some of you may be like, for, for me, on Father's Day, you've had a father or a mother or a brother or a sister, or maybe some of you here, like my grandmother every Mother's Day has, has two children who have passed away, her only two children. Um, here, Paul says, we're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, and he's talking about heaven. Now, this word witness, and we know this to be true, like even if you were in a court case today, and it's like, call witness one, that a witness can't be a witness unless they saw something. You can't, you can't witness or testify to something you think. Or it might have happened. You'll get thrown off. You can't be a witness unless you've seen it. And you are surrounded, Paul says, by a great cloud of witnesses. 
They're watching you run the race that is set before you. Uh, They're watching you go after the thing you were put on earth here to do, sent by God to do. And when I'm reading this, the first thing that stands out to me is just this, uh, is you don't come watch, or a lot of people don't come to watch a race that's insignificant. You know, if it's, if it's just, you know, uh, a basic little Saturday race you, race, you might have a grandmother out there with a Yeti uh, and, you know, kind of soaking it in. Um, but when it comes to like an Olympic race or a great race, you have a great cloud. And you have a great cloud of people who are watching you run. Run what? The race that God has set before you. And they're cheering you on to get up, to get going, to get moving. Uh, They see the spiritual progress you make in life. And they're all rooting you on because they have eternity in mind. And they know that you, and I I, want to emphasize this. This is not my main point, but it's something that I wanted to skip because I'm running out of time. Like I can already tell, like forgive me, Highland Colony. Like I know your parking was crazy. Our 8.30 service at the Highland Colony campus is blowing up. Uh, And so, like, I know you had major issues probably getting in and out of the parking lot today because I preached long. Um, And so, but but out of this, um, I I have to tell back this point a little bit, and I thought about cutting it uh, for the sake of the rest of the message, but I couldn't allow my heart to do that. So many of us are not seeing the significance and the weight of our lives. We don't think we matter. And so we're not running a race, we're living a life. Uh, Because you don't see how critically important you are to my life, our lives. Um, You know, I, I, I say this a lot, but it's the truth. We need you well. Like, you have to contend for your health, spiritually, mentally, and physically, because we need you. Like, your life is significant to our races. You are a supply uh, that you are to add to us. And you have to see, like, the reason why all of these people are watching you run your race is because your life is incredibly significant uh, to our lives and to this moment. Uh, The second thing uh, that interests me, and let's keep reading here in verse number two and three, he says, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy, this is interesting, we'll come back to this, set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the own right hand at the throne of God, for consider him who has endured such hostility by sinners against himself, so that you do not grow weary and lose heart. Here he says that the reason why so many people are not running the race that is set before them is they've lost heart. They've grown weary and they've lost heart. In three verses, Paul uses the word endure three times. It's a test of endurance. In fact, the last three years for many of you have probably tested your endurance uh, almost more than any other season of your life. It's a test of endurance. And when we get in these tests of endurance, he says the thing that you will lose is you will lose heart. Now, heart is the ability within you and the passion within you to drive life forward. If you don't have heart, you won't take your life forward. 
And the enemy wants to stop you from from having heart for your marriage or heart for your kids or heart for your job or heart for your life because if he can make you lose heart, it, it stops the ability for the marriage, the family, the child, the career, the life to go forward. Uh, where there is no heart, there can be no progress. Uh, and so uh, out of this, you can see a sports team with a lot of talent, but they, if they lack the heart. Um, you can see a lot of uh, businesses that might have you know, so much ability kind of sitting there, but they don't have a heart for that company. Uh, and this happens a lot when you go into almost every kind of place now. You'll see a lot of people working for businesses, but they don't have a heart for the business. So they have the, the ability to make it great, but they lack the heart to do so because so many of their employers and things even lack heart for them. And so we see things that could be greater than they are, but because they don't have heart, they don't get there. And the enemy will, in your life, attack your heart. He'll attack it with pain. Uh, he'll attack it with disappointment. He'll attack it with death. He'll attack it with the passage of time. Uh, he'll attack it with a lot of different things. Uh, he'll attack it with success, all to make you lose heart and to make you stop running your race. And we have to get our heart back into life. Can I ask you a question uh, to all of our campuses, even for those who may be listening by podcast and can't even see us today? Um, Do you have heart in this season? Are you fighting to take your marriage forward? Are you fighting to take your children and establish them in the plan of God? Are you praying over them with heart, contending for the set race that is over them? Do you you have heart and and, and to fight for for something greater, even for your physical body or greater for your life? See, if, if something has taken away your heart, something is attacking your race. Uh, Because there is a race for you to run, and Paul is saying you will not run that race if you grow weary and lose heart. And so there's so many things we have to watch when we're watching heart, but one of the things that Paul really singles out, and this is what I kind of want to single out uh, in this message, and then let us go celebrate our fathers and me eat carrot cake. Every Father's Day, my wife makes me a carrot cake. Uh, and uh, I cannot wait uh, to have that in my mouth. And I would be lying if I said I didn't have some Friday and Saturday in there as well. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to eat the whole cake. Uh, so out of that, uh, it's Father's Day. So, but, uh, but the third thing that I kind of want to major on uh, and in fact, just, just end with, if you will, and, and, and just leave you with this, what I believe to be a Holy Spirit-inspired thought, um, is what Paul said in, in verse 1. He said, if you do not lay aside the encumbrances, the weights, and the sins that so easily beset you, you will not be able to run your race. Now, if I was to talk on weights and sins, we would be here till next week. But let me just touch on sin real quick. A sin is just an archery term. It means when you miss the mark. Uh, so, you know, don't, don't try to overcomplicate it. It's like, here's a mark. Sin is when I don't hit it. So like in archery, you have a bullseye. If the arrow hits the bullseye, it hit the mark. It was right. If it was off the mark, it was called sin. 
and this is where we get this term from, it's like we have this mark that we see in scripture that when I hit it, it's like, yes, but when I don't hit it, it's like sin. And we come to this place where all of our lives miss the mark. Now, we, we have the Holy Spirit who helps us see these things, but oftentimes, even in church, when we focus on sin, we focus on, on, on all the external things that sin will do that stop us from running our race and finishing our course. That like, if I get involved in this sin and people saw me in that sin, it would stop my progress, delay my course, and cause my life problems. But what often we fail to see is the inward qualities of sin. Uh, That when I live a life in sin, Scripture teaches me that I'm living a life in darkness. Uh, And and when I live a life away from sin, and I'm, I'm kind of coming towards this intimacy with the Father and God, that God is light and in Him is no darkness. That the more I'm pressing towards God, the more light I have on my path. But the more I'm involved in sin, it clouds me. When I get in sin, it darkens my soul and I don't see my set path. Which is also why within our children, we ought to be fighting fathers. And we ought to be fighting mothers to take their life away from sin in a very healthy way. Because when you're young, you're making a lot of decisions about the path. And you'll never be, they'll never be able to see the path if they don't more gravitate towards God than they do to the world. If they gravitate towards the world and they gravitate towards sin, that sin will darken their understanding. They'll have eyes but don't see, ears but don't hear, a heart but it doesn't understand. But if we can get our children excited about spiritual things and get them in spiritual things and get them around spiritual things, it's not just about being moral. Uh, And morality is good, but it's not just about being moral. It is his word becomes a lamp unto our feet and a light unto their path. And they can see the direction they need to go. So Paul said that if you're going to run the set race, you must lay aside of sin. But he didn't just say lay aside of sin. He also said lay aside of every encumbrance and weight. Uh, back to Branson, Missouri. So last week I preached Sunday morning and then Sunday night, which by the way, if you can make it, I will be there at our Sunday night service uh, in Dueling Hall, our Fondren campus. Love you, Fondren Church. Uh, and out of that, it's 6 p.m. It's an entirely different message, entirely different kind of uh, vibe and Um, Anyway, uh, it's a good time, Uh, so I'll be there tonight. So I preached Sunday morning, preached Sunday night, uh, and then woke up at 3.30 in the morning Monday and flew to uh, Springfield, Missouri, drove from Springfield to Branson, walked off the plane, started preaching, uh, preached Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, was flying out Thursday uh, to come back to Jackson, and I have to drive from Branson to Springfield, and my flight leaves at 11.20, Springfield, and Springfield is very small. It's a very small uh, airport. It's, it's, it's a little smaller than Jackson's International Airport. It always <laughs> makes me smile when I come to the Jackson International Airport, because it's like if, if Houston, Dallas, and Atlanta are international, uh, anyway, uh, so because <laughs> uh, that's pretty much where you're going. Uh, so, but but out of that uh, very small airport, and so we're we're there um, in, in in planning all this. And I, I think okay, my flight is leaving at eleven twenty. I'll leave Branson at like nine ten. From nine ten to ten, I'll be driving. You know, ten o'clock should check in the rental car and be right there. 
Um, and the whole time I'm kind of planning this on Wednesday night, packing up my bags, I have tension on the inside. And, and this, whenever you get this tension, it's your life is getting off path. My path. It's a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path. Run the race that is set before you. So when you get this tension a lot of times in your heart, it's because your life is getting off path. And so I I know, like, something's not right on the inside. And the more I kind of check my heart, it's like, I should leave earlier. But I start arguing with that tension and arguing with the Lord. I'm like, there's nothing to do in the Springfield airport. Nothing wrong with it. It's just tiny. I'm like, I would much rather, like, kind of sleep in and, you know, drink some coffee uh, and, like, have a good devotional and kind of slowly unwind before getting in the car and driving. But I just have this overwhelming tension. And I know that whenever I get tension, especially spiritual tension, that I need to pay attention to the tension. And so the more I paid attention to it, the more I'm like, okay, I'll leave early. So 7 o'clock I left, and I get there. No one is at the airport. I'm checking in the rental car. Got to drop the, the keys off in the drop box. There's nobody in the airport. Go up, you know, get my ticket. There's nobody behind the counters. Like, no other person in line. Going through security, you know, you're giving them the license to, like, you know, check your bags, and they're examining it and all that kind of thing. And I'm in line. There's only one other person in line with me like no one else is in security one other person and when you break through like that first little you know check where you give them your license you have the machines where they scan the carry-ons and in spite of like nobody being there they had both lines open so one line is here and another line's here and you split up so this person went this direction I went the other direction We get our bags at the same time and we look up. And when I look up, I see across from me is a lady that I have known since I was a kid. Uh, And her name is Patsy Caminetti. Uh, And she's just this wonderful woman of the Lord. Um, She has helped me on my race. And let me just say this real quickly. Back to point one. I guarantee you in Patsy's life, if you would ask her, like, what are the most significant moments of your life? She would not talk about anything she has shared with me. (laughs) Because oftentimes we don't see our own significance. But there are are things that Patsy has said to me uh, with the Spirit of God that unlocked my path. You don't know how significant you are. And you don't know how big of a difference you're not making when you don't honor yourself and get yourself well. You have no idea because you're thinking about a building you could build or a house you could live in instead of a life you could touch. And the buildings and the homes, they pass away. They all pass away. They'll be tried by fire. But the will of the Lord abides forever. Um, and so, in like, in, in her life, what she would probably consider to be not, like, major moments had major impact in my life. And I'm looking at this lady, and she's looking at me, and I'm like, oh, my gosh. And she's like, oh, my gosh. And so we, we walk up, and we start talking, and she's like, how are you? And, man, the Spirit of God just kind of fills the space. And uh, I'm like, you know, I'm doing well. I said, I I honestly feel healthier than I felt in a long time, spiritually, mentally, and physically. I said, the last three years have been a transition for me. And I said, honestly, I haven't felt a transition like that since my father passed away. 
Um, my father passed away and had about three years of transition. On the way to his funeral, the Lord spoke to me uh, and said, weeping will endure for a night, but joy will come in the morning. And there are seasons to God and seasons in life where sometimes there is a season of transition that is so painful, it'll even make you weep. The loss of something, the death of something, the disappointment of something, the passage of time over things. Sometimes the thing that tests our faith more than anything else is just the passage of time. You get in faith and you stay in faith and it looks like nothing is changing. And that passage of time makes you weary and you begin to lose heart. And in this night season of when my father passed away, I said it was not just the night season, it was a season of transition of like things passing away, but then also things coming to life. And it took about three years for it to finally get solid. And then we built a life and a ministry and you see it like you're living in it of of like these things that the Lord built. Um, But I said he had to build that on a firm foundation and it took about three years to kind of get that foundation. And I said, well, this last three years has not been anything like that. In many ways, it's been similar in that there's been this transition of going from one church to multiple churches and one campus to multiple campuses, but then also the passing away of some things and some things that were there aren't there anymore and some things that you did have you don't have anymore and then some things that you didn't have you have and some some people who weren't there are there and then some people who are there aren't there and like all these types of things and you're kind of just walking through the valley of the shadow of death and in the valley of something passing but I said it's been that transition and she said Joel she said uh, it blesses me that you you say that because I see and this is why I'm preaching on this is I don't believe any of this happened by accident that there are some people in our churches and listening to this and watching this that you've been in a season of transition where there have been some things that are passing away And she said, every time I pray, she said, when I pray, I see this rocket ship uh, that is breaking into a new atmosphere and breaking into a new place. But she said, before the, the rocket ship can reach this new level, it must have a release of the boosters that took it to the level it was at. Uh, and I, I just want to pull up this image. They'll pull up the image for me real quick of a rocket ship and its boosters kind of breaking away. Oh, it's there. Uh, yes, you see it on the screens. Of It has to release the very thing that took it to the level it was at. And if it does not release the very thing that took it to the level it is at, the very thing that boosted it will become a weight to it. And will keep it from reaching the heights that it was designed to reach if it doesn't let go. And one of the hardest things to do in life is to let go. Especially to let go of the things that took you to the level you're at. 
But in order for you to run this race, in order for you to finish your course, you have to learn how to let go. You got to learn how to walk away. You got to learn how to release. And some of it, it's not just releasing the, the bad stuff. For some of you, it's releasing the stuff that took you to the level you're at right now. It's the release of something that once God has called you to, but it's ran out of steam. There's no grace there anymore. There's no power behind it anymore. There's no life there before. And it'll be painful to let go. But if you don't let go, the very Everything that took you to this level will be a weight for you to get to the next level. How do you let go? Paul said, I'll tell you how. Looking unto Jesus, who for the joy that was set before him, the joy that was set before him. You'll never move forward in life looking at the joy that is behind you. You'll only move forward in life looking at the joy that is before you. You'll lose heart if you keep looking at the joy that was behind you, but you'll gain heart if you keep looking for the joy that is in front of you. You'll go back if you're like Lot's wife and look at what you left, but you will be propelled with faith if you will look at where you are going. This is a season to let go and look up, to let go and to look up, to let go of the past and look forward to the future. God came to to Samuel in 1 Samuel chapter 16 and verse 1. They'll put it up on the screens real quick. The Lord said unto Samuel, How long will you grieve over Saul? Since I have rejected him from being king over Israel. Fill your horn with oil and go. I will send you to Jesse the Bethlehemite. How long will you grieve? Fill your horn with oil and go. How long will you grieve? See, Sadness does not change the circumstances. It changes your soul. It does not alter your situation. Sadness alters your personality. And I wish that like sadness would come in and like alter life because you'd see a lot of lives getting better. But sadness comes in and it alters us and it turns us into people that don't have any heart for the future. No fight to us, no life about us, nothing that's bouncing towards something that's filled with God. And we stop running our race. We start living and maintaining life instead of creating and running the race. And God said to to Samuel, he's like, I know, Samuel, it's hard to let go of what got you here. At one time, Saul was anointed. At one time, God was all over Saul. At one time, God was using him. At one time, God was blessing it. And it took Samuel's life and raised it. And it took the kingdom of Israel and it raised it. And it took the plan of God and it raised it. But it came a time where those boosters ran out of oil. They ran out of fuel. And Samuel's at this place where he's got to let go. And God said, here's how you're going to do it. You've got a container that once had oil in it. And you poured it out on the past. And some of you, you have things in your past that you poured out your your oil on. It's symbolic of the Holy Spirit. You worshiped over it. You sang over it. You believed for it. You prayed over it. You anointed it with oil, maybe even. Like you came to these moments where you contended for it. And you fought for it. But it's been a long time since you've been a container of oil. 
that more of your life is what you poured your oil out on in the past instead of being filled with oil right now. Did you know everyone in this room is filled with something? You can be filled with sorrow. You can be filled with jokes. You can be filled with football. You can be filled with ESPN. You can be filled with cooking. You can be filled with carrot cake. Everybody here is filled with something. Everybody at Highland Colony is filled with something. Everybody at Fondren is filled with something. Everyone watching my Fox is filled with something. We're all filled with something. And for so many of us, we've been filled with the past of what was, of what we're missing, of what we don't have, of who's not here, of the disappointments that faced us and the things that didn't work out the way that we thought they would have. And you've nourished resentment and you fed your pain. And when you nourish resentment and you feed pain, it alters you. It does not alter your life, it alters you. It begins to destroy something on the inside of you. You lose heart, grow weary. What's the answer? You've got to take some time to get filled with God's Spirit again. Fill up on worship again. Be filled with the Spirit again. Come to a place where you're filled with oil and then go on a journey for what's next. And I love the story of Samuel. He goes and he's like, is this what God wants to anoint? Nope. Is this what God wants to anoint? Nope. Is this what God wants to... He goes on this adventure and some of you need to go on an adventure to find some new dreams and to find that set path and some things that get you excited. Some of you need to go on an adventure where you see what God could do and not just what God has done, but what God could do. Go on adventures. Okay, that's not it. That's not it. That's not it. And then all of a sudden, David steps before you. And what God is going to do with David is greater than anything God did with Saul. And the level that you're going to get to is better than any level that you've been. But if you don't have the anointing to anoint David with, Saul will still be king. So you got to fill up on oil and you got to find what that thing is. You got to pour the oil of God out on that thing and begin praying for something. Begin believing for something. Begin anointing something. Begin contending for something. And you get your heart back. And when you get your heart back, you see life go forward on the journey. You see the race be run. You see progress be made. And I just want to encourage you, church, don't grow weary in well-doing. Let go, let go of the weights and the sins. Let go of the distractions. Take the blinders off your eyes. Take the yoke off your neck. And come to this place where you're free, excited about what God will do and what God can do, knowing you are significant to us. You've got a great cloud of witnesses that are cheering you on. Let me pray for you, church. Every head bowed, every eye closed. At all of our other campuses, I'm going to invite the the campus pastors up to the stage. I know we might uh, not have enough time to end in worship. But I want to invite our campus pastors after my prayer to just govern your services as you see fit. Whatever God puts on your heart, whether it's to sing or whether it's to pray or whatever it may be or to close. I'll just trust that in your judgment. Let's pray, church. Father, we come before you. I thank you at all of our campuses. I thank you for everyone who's watching that, Father, in the name of Jesus, that you would help us all gain heart, that we would not grow weary 
and that your spirit would come and empower us so that we could walk and not faint and rise up on wings as eagles and soar. And Father, I just thank you for every person in here that if they're hurting from pains and weaknesses of the past, that your spirit would guide them and help them and equip them, be the the men and the women and the fathers and the mothers and the sons and the daughters that you've called them to be. We thank you, Lord, for it. In Jesus' name. Campus pastors, I'll let you close as you see fit. For all of us here at our Lakeland campus, You know, I I know that so many of you may be in this season where you're having to let go of some things. But I I just want to give a moment for the Spirit of God to just help you and bless you wherever you may be at. Um, And so just sitting even right where you are, let's just do what we did again. Let's create a little space for the Holy Spirit. Uh, Just bow your head and close your eyes, if you will, uh, for me. And if you want to do this, for some of you this may be new, but just kind of open up your hands uh, to the Lord. Uh, almost put it in receiving position. And this is a, a space of kind of like vulnerability, if you will, and a, a space of kind of openness. Um, but it's a place of surrender. And maybe today you need God to take something out of your hands. A hurt, a wound, a sin. Uh, Maybe today it's something from the past. It's something that uh, is an unfulfilled expectation. Or something that happened that you didn't see it happen. But whatever it is, allow the Holy Spirit now uh, to just kind of take that. And create space for the Holy Spirit to put in your hands fresh vision and fresh dreams. New things to go after. And in this position, let's just pray together. You can say this prayer with me if you want to. Just keep this position of surrender. Just pray with me if you will. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you. I open up my life, my hands, and my heart to you and your spirit. If there is anything I need to let go of, I let it go, I give it to you, you take it now. The past is over, and so are my tears. I thank you, Heavenly Father. My sin is washed away. The good things, I remember your faithfulness, but I'll no longer long for the past. I let it go. I release those things, take them from my hands, take them from my life. And Heavenly Father, right now, I thank you, your Holy Spirit is filling me with fresh oil, filling me with fresh dreams, filling me with fresh vision. Holy Spirit, let me lift up my eyes and let me see what I still need to do on my race, on my course, on my path. I surrender the past and I open myself up to all that you have for me, God. It's a new day. It's a brand new day. It's a new season. It's a new anointing.
It is fresh oil. I receive it now, Father. I receive my new day, my fresh oil right now in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, let me dream again. Let me laugh again. And I boldly say, my best days are starting right now in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Come on, church. Let's celebrate the goodness of God today.